Thank you. Whoa, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you all, so good to be together. That is such an exciting slide. And um, the thing that I wanted to say as I got up with that, uh, as I'm looking at it still on the back wall, is thank you. You know, it's not, um, that hasn't just come from, um, you know, grants that we've applied for or, you know, um, businesses that we've, you know, gone out and, and tried to, you know, get some sponsorship for. That's actually come through the generosity of all y'all. And we really want to say thank you for that. And, um, you know, we really, really appreciate your, your love and your service, your, uh, your heart and your passion, your um, desire just to keep sowing in your generosity with your time and your energy and your resources and your love and your relationships. And so thank you for, um, for that increase. So that, that financial increase just represents one dimension of the massive increase that the Lord has brought us as a people, right? So that's amazing. And so we say thank you, Jesus. We really do, and we, we thank you so much for your love and your goodness, your overwhelming goodness. As we think even into Christmas, the Christmas story and the Christmas message of how the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, Jesus, that you took on humanity, that you were pleased as man with man to dwell, as in the words of uh, Charles Wesley. We thank you so much, God, that you, Jesus, were incarnated, that you walked as flesh and blood upon the earth that you gave of yourself so freely and so generously. And we thank you for taking our sin, for clearing the way, taking away every blockage, every sin, every accusation, every shortcoming, every bit of shame, every bit of guilt, every bit of failure. You've taken it and you've nailed it to the cross. I thank you that you set us free in Christ Jesus. I thank you that we're now sons and daughters, full of grace and truth. Because you were full of grace and truth. Uh, and we get to be generous just like you are. And Lord, we bless every uh, one of our friends in the ministries as well. Lord, we think of Bethel, we think of Iris, we think of um, Global Celebration with Randy Clark, um, a Global Awakening with Randy Clark, Global Celebration with um, Georgian and Winnie. And um, we think of David Wagner and his ministry and all of our friends that have been through. We think of Catch the Fire Toronto. We think of uh, Harvest Rock and Cheyan, Lord, and um, members of the Revival Alliance, and many, many other churches and family and friends across the region, across the triangle, and across the globe, Lord, and we bless them. And we ask that the same provision and the same breakthrough and the same uh, generosity that, that you have graced us with, that you would pour out upon them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on. Okay, it's sort of it's fitting actually with the theme of uh, of that. Um, the, the the title of my message this morning, you're going to have to listen to carefully. The title of my message this morning is "How big is your ask?" How big is your ask? Where we had Jonathan his classic message of God's big butt. You know, the suddenlies of God, the but God, you know. This is, uh, this is actually something that Duncan came up with. So I'll credit where credit is due. How big is your ask? Wow. Bet you didn't expect to come to church this morning and hear that message. 
I want you to turn to um, Luke chapter 18. You know, put your finger in Luke chapter 18 when you get there. And then, and then turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, it'll become clear why I've chosen that title as we go through the message. But, you know, we've been, we've been thinking, we've been praying, we've been believing all, all year, actually for the last few years, that God is doing some amazing things. You know, we've, we've got this prophetic word that uh, Yongi Cho spoke, I think, uh, 30 years ago about a revival breaking out in Durham, North Carolina. We've been be- believing God for breakthrough. You know, we, we, we've been... Just asking and asking the Holy Spirit for more, you know, that God is about a new thing. Did you, do we believe that? I believe that. God, even though we might not see all the evidence of it, we see little glimpses here and there that God is about a new thing. That God is doing something new in our day. That he's doing something amazing and glorious. That his plan is that the triangle region would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Just like the waters cover the sea. That's his plan and his purpose for us. It's it's not just that we have a nice little community together where we get to huddle in a nice warm building. His desire and his passion is that all would be saved. That none would perish. That the triangle region, that, that heaven would be established upon the earth in the triangle region and beyond. I say the triangle region because that's kind of the sphere that he's given us, but he's given us a much broader sphere across the the nation and the nations as well. But that he's given us promises and passion, and his purpose is to pour out his spirit and blessing upon this region so that it looks like heaven upon earth. So that when we look at it, there's no poverty, there's no sickness, there's no crime, there's no disease, there's no there's no uh, joblessness. There's actually you know there's no need for hospitals because there's so much health and glory and goodness here. Right? That's kind of what we're believing for anyway. Right? Why? Why not? Because God is amazing. He, he is amazing. He is calling us to do, to believe him for more. You know, over the last, when, we, when do we have Mark DuPont here? We had Mark DuPont here in September. Mark is a great prophetic uh, voice to us, a friend to the, to the ministry, a prophetic father to us. And he, when he came in, in, in September, he, he gave us two scriptures that had been bouncing around. I'd heard, I'd been, the Lord been, had been speaking to me and had speaking to others. And he just sort of brought it all together, two scriptures. Um, it, what, the first one being in 1 Corinthians chapter, t- chapter 2, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no heart has understood, that God has, has uh, prepared for those who believe him, those that he has revealed to us through the Holy Spirit. God has got more for us than we could ask or imagine. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no heart or mind has understood. Do we believe that? What would it be like if there was absolutely no sickness in the Triangle region? If there was no cancer whatsoever? If there was no heart disease? If there was no trafficking, if there was no prostitution, if there was no poverty, what would that be like? Heaven on earth. 
That's, the, what, that's what God's put in his heart. The second word that Mark came, brought to us was Ephesians chapter 3, which I've asked you to turn to. Ephesians 3 verse 20 now, and we've talked about this quite a lot over this last little period. But this verse has just been grabbing hold of us. Now, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, or beyond, beyond abundance, or bigger than bigger than we can imagine. Far more than we can ask or think. Let's just read that again. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. The message translation says, beyond your wildest dreams and imagination. How big is your imagination? How big are your dreams? We'll see that in what we ask for. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. If we believe that God can do more than we can ask for or think, what are we asking for or thinking? How much are we stretching our faith in that ask? What does it look like for us? What are we believing for? What are you believing for? Because God wants to do more than you can ask or imagine. Ask or imagine for a few small things and he'll do more. (laughs) Because he's good. Ask or imagine for a few larger things and he'll do more because he's good. Ask or imagine for him paying off the debt of this building and he will do it because he's good. Because he wants to do more than we could ask or imagine. Ask for a cancer-free zone in the Triangle region and what's his promise? He'll do more than we could ask or imagine. So the question then becomes is how big is our imagination? How big is our ask? How big is your ask? I'm going to keep saying it till it kind of drops. How big is our ask? But seriously, what are we believing God for? Because his promise to us is that he, that he will do far more abundantly or exceedingly abundantly or beyond, beyond measure, which is another way that it could be translated. God is the God of beyond, beyond measure. Just when you think you get to the end, he's got a beyond and just when you, get to, when you get to the end of that, there's another beyond. Just when we think we get to the end of the measure of God, there's another measure that we didn't realize was there. I love the message translation of, um, uh, I think it's um, John chapter 6. Jesus is saying, hmm. Just bear with me a minute, I have to look this one up because it's, um, it's just coming to me, but I want to give you the right reference. Da-da-da. I'd written a little note to myself called Getting Out of the Mundane. John 8, sorry, John 8, 23 and 24 in the message, Jesus said, you are tied down to the mundane, I am in touch with what is beyond your horizons. You live in terms of what you see and touch. I'm living on other terms. 
What does that say? Well, I'm living in the beyond, beyond measure. I'm living beyond my, your horizon. I'm living beyond what my natural eyes can see. I'm lo- living, I'm seeing, I'm looking into the eyes of the Spirit. With the eyes of the Spirit, Jesus is saying, I'm living beyond the, what is around the natural. I'm living beyond, beyond measure. More than we can ask or imagine. That's God's purpose and his plan. So that's, that's his promise in Ephesians chapter 3. But it's actually, I want us just to see, it's not just linked to our thinking, it's actually linked to our asking. His invitation is, ask of me. And so let's have a look, let's go back to Luke 18. And there's this parable of Luke, uh, in Luke 18 that Jesus shares. And uh, the parable of the persistent widow is the title in my book, in my Bible, in the ESV. And Jesus, it says in uh, verse 1 of Luke 18, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in the city who kept coming to him and saying, God, sorry, he kept saying, saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. Wow. That's the the nagging widow would be the unkind way of saying that, right? He's like, I'm fed up of this woman coming and asking me. She's going to wear me out. She's asking and asking and asking and asking and asking. She's got a, a big ask. In verse 6, and the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith upon the earth? So let's unpack that for a minute. So Jesus is saying, hey, God wants to answer your prayer. He's not just, if if the, the story, he deliberately takes the story of an unrighteous judge. Someone who would be not really interested in taking up the widow's cause. And he makes it, he puts him in the story, the, the, the central part of the story, and he brings a widow who really has no power and, and really has no right because there's no one else to stand up for her. And so the judge in this story, the easy would be easy for the judge in an unrighteous way just to completely ignore the widow. But because of her persistence, this unrighteous judge becomes righteous. Because of her, her persistence and her nagging, the judge is saying, oh my word, she is just killing me here. She's just on and on and on and on. If I don't give her an answer, she's never going to go away. It's going to be a nightmare. She's just so persistent. She's just, she's just not going to let this thing go. She's like a dog with a bone. And so Jesus says, so hear that. How much more will your heavenly Father, who is good, and who is kind, and who is righteous, and who is loving, and who is a good Father, and who wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ask or imagine, how much more will that Father 
give justice to, answer the prayers of the elect who call out to him night and day? How much more will he answer their big ask? His passion and his desire is to answer our prayer. The interesting thing, though, when we connect us at the very end, it says, Jesus says, well, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith upon the earth? Linking those two together, that the measure of our faith, or the quality of our faith, I should say, in Jesus' mind here, what he's saying is the quality of our faith is linked to how much we ask. Because he's saying, when the Son of Man comes, when he's referring to his second coming, when he comes to the earth, will he find faith upon the earth? What is the faith that he's looking to find? Well, in the context of this story, it's a people who ask and don't give up. It's a people who have a big ask. It's a people who are holding on to the promises of God and saying, God, we're not going to let you go. Lord, you've given us the promises. You've given us, you've told us that we're going to see revival. You've told us we're going to see reformation in the cities. You've told us that when we lay hands on the sick, they get healed. You've told us that when we we can prophesy over people, we can have words of knowledge. You've told us, Lord, that we can drink poison. You've told us that we can preach the gospel and that everybody will get saved. You've told us these things. I'm laying hold of them. And the, our ability to, to exercise faith there is connected to, in Jesus' mind, in his words, will, you fi- will he find faith upon the earth? Will he find a people who are asking? Who trust him enough as a good father to ask him for anything and receive it because they believe it. It's good, isn't it? In Mark 11, and I touched on this a couple of weeks ago as well, and God's just really speaking to this this to me about it at the moment. In Mark 11, in verse 24, Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Whatever. 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 We're not just talking teenager, whatever, right? We're talking about God saying, uh, whatever. Whatever words you like. You know, we're coming up to Christmas. Love it. What do you do at Christmas? You go to your family and say, hey, what would you like for Christmas? You, are, you know, we're in that season of asking, aren't we? We're, we're asking the, the individual, hey, I want to buy you a gift. I'm, you know, go to Ash and, hey, hey, Ash, what do you want for Christmas? I've already told her what I want. <laughs> you know, I go to the kids. As the kids get older, you know, we, we get to the point where we actually have to ask them because if they don't, you know, it, it, there's just, well, you know. It's just, it's, it goes better on Christmas Day if, they, if we've already sort of asked them and got some rough, pretty rough, pretty close ideas, actually. You know, and so, so you know, we've been through the, through the family. Okay, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want? What are you looking for? And then we've got birthdays in January. So, oh, and then what do you want for your birthday? And, you know, it, it's poor planning on our part, but that's just the way it is. And, um, and, so, and, and so we're going through this season of what are, you, what are you wanting? What do you want? Whatever. Now, in, in, in our household, we can't quite do the Whatever. Budget slightly limited. But in God's household, the whatever isn't limited by a budget. 
in, in, God's, in God's economy, it's not limited by his lack. In the same way that our economy is limited by our lack. God's economy is unlimited. God's provision is far beyond what we can imagine. God's heart is bigger and greater than we could ever experience. God's love is more sweet and more tangible and more powerful and more loving and more glorious than we've ever experienced. He's good. He's a good dad. He's a good dad. And he's asking us, he's saying, hey, listen, I want to pour out my blessing upon you. I want you to operate in faith. I want you to ask. I want you to ask. And so my prayer this morning is that God would increase our ask. That God himself would enlarge our ask. So I want to share with you a couple of things. Because one of the things I think that cause us to, um, to fall in this regard or just to, to, um, to struggle with it is, is a disappointment. So last week I was preaching on renewing our minds and I, and I brought this, I was doing a study on, on doubt, if you remember, those of you that were here last week. And doubt can be translated in the sense, as, I'm just going to do a quick recap. Doubt, doubt can be translated as uh, to hesitate, to, not, to, 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 to hesitate over God's promises, to not believe it, right? But it can also be translated as to evaluate discerningly or judge. It's the same word. can be used as doubt or evaluate discerningly or judge. So in other words, they, you judge something as good or bad or you judge the sky as being, you know, um, blue. Or we evaluate discerningly Jesus actually uses the word in Matthew 16 where he says to the, to the Pharisees, hey, you know how to see that the sky, red sky in the morning, shepherd's warning, red sky at night, shepherd's delight, you know how to discern that. That's the same word, that the discern is, to, you know how to judge that. You know how to, that's the same word that is doubt, translated as doubt. You've discerned that. You've discerned it and you've evaluated it. Another word it could be used was to contend with or dispute Peter in Jerusalem in Acts 11, he's disputing the circumcision party are contending with him. It's the same word as doubt. To mark something as different or from something else or as superior. In James chapter 2, James says, don't show partiality. The, the word partiality is the same word that's translated as doubt. In other words, it's not just about not believing, but it's about this war that's going on between what was good and our experience, or what was, what was one thing, and then we judge something else as being better. And so one of the challenges with, with, um, with for me, with faith and with prayer, is that sometimes my disappointments of my lack of prayer actually challenge and contend with and cause me to discern, uh, maybe, in, well, definitely incorrectly, that God actually isn't interested in my prayers. And so my, my experience is contending with my, with my faith and my, my reality is contending with the promises of God and that contention is causing doubt or disappointment. And so I, I remember, you know, when I was, I, just recently I felt like the Holy Spirit's really been encouraging me. Because I remember when we were um, in, uh, probably in our second year of marriage, Ash and I were living in this townhouse in England. I've shared some of this story before with some of you, and, um, and there was a, a young, we were just pregnant with Hannah, and then Hannah was born, and um, there was a young family that lived next door, we were in sort of like 
a large area of Section 8 housing. And um, we were just finishing as students and had no money. And, um, and we, so the, the, the family that was next door was a single mom and two kids. And the, and the kid, the, the young girl was about 13. And then she would come over and she would play with Hannah. And, you know, and I would lay my hands on the wall and I would pray for blessing. And I would pray that God would prosper them. And I would pray that they'd get saved, right? And I would lay my hands on them. But I, for years and years, I was like, what the heck? Nothing happened. And I used to do that in different, different times, you know, different seasons, just praying for God to move, praying for God to break through, praying for revival to come and never seeing it. And I was like, this feels disappointing. Are you really true? Because this is really help hurting my faith. A few, few years ago, we were watching the TV. And there's this young English, not so young English, pop star who's on the TV and Ash says, hey, you know what? They used to live next to us. Turns out that this was the young lady, the 13-year-old girl, who we'd been standing and praying for was blessing over, who then became a pop star. Now, she had lots of money. Then maybe that's a blessing. But somehow, there was a, I just felt like there was this connection between my prayer 21 years ago and the breakthrough that this, this girl had had in her life, and, and then the encouragement for me was, I believe that that prayer will not go unanswered in totality, and actually that one day she's going to get saved. But I'm laying hands on her, and I'm praying blessing, and I'm believing God, and then I'm doubting, and then I'm, because my, my circumstances are contending with that, and then I'm coming through to a point of, oh, it's, I'm not really sure it's really worth praying. Because I've heard these messages before and I prayed and I prayed and nothing happens. Everyone had that before? And we've, we've gone for the, we've got all excited about the, whoa, more than we could ask or imagine. And we'll do it for a season and then it's like, ah, oh, this is like mud. I can't go any longer. Because the heavens are brass. Hello, is anybody there? But then we get breakthrough. But then we get moments where God says, actually, I have always been working. I'm always in the process of answering your prayers. I am faithful. I am the righteous judge. And I will and I am fulfilling your prayers. Keep going. Don't stop. Because I'm doing a new thing. Let's turn to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And I, this is uh, in the middle of a prophetic word that God's giving to Israel. Um, but it's really been speaking to me over the last about six to nine months about this passage. Remember not the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Don't hold on to the past, in other words. Um, Don't hold on to the things that you've been looking for in the past. Don't hold on to your disappointments. Don't hold on to the things that that God did 
for you 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Don't hold on to those things, the past as the pinnacle or the, 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 the reason why God is either the pinnacle of your existence as a Christian or the reason why God actually isn't faithful today. Remember not the former things. Let them go. Turn away from them. Repent. Move away. Don't consider the former things. Don't consider the things of old. Why? Verse 19, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. I feel like that's what God's been speaking to me. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. It's not like the past. It's not like the days of old. It's not like what you've expected to happen in the past. It's not what I've done before you before. I'm doing a new thing. Now it's springing forth. Do you perceive it? And if you perceive it, this is my little bit that I'm adding. Ask. Ask. We've all been waiting for and believing for God to move powerfully amongst us. He's, I think he's already started. It's already begun. We've already seen first fruits. We're seeing signs of God moving in power. Not, in the, not just not in these four walls, but out in different places, in businesses, in shopping centers, on the streets. God moving powerfully. God's heart of love for the lost being birthed in us. Us being drawn into not just the Father's love for, for us, or not just the Father's love for himself, but the Father's love for the world. We've been, we, we, he's got us on this journey of drawing us into his love and bringing us into this place of a true sonship where we get to experience our true identity and see others in their true identity. He's doing a new thing. It's springing up. God is on the move. It's exciting days to live. Now, come on, everybody. Increase our ask. But let's couple that with, Luke, with uh, Mark 11. When you ask, believe. And when you believe, what you're believing for is that you've received it. And when you believe that you've received it, you have it. So I'm going to invite you to stand, please. So the first thing I think we should do is actually just to spend a moment asking the Lord for uh, just to deal with any disappointment that we have. From unanswered prayers. Disappointment from unanswered prayers that's contending with our faith and causing us to not step into a new realm of faith that the Holy Spirit wants us to. So let's take a moment. Just take it, just... Holy Spirit, we confess, and you can just just pray this in your heart with me if you want to, but Holy Spirit, we confess that that there are moments where our... Prayer or unanswered prayer have come, become to us sources of disappointment that have caused us to not believe in faith that you are a God who likes to answer. And just take a moment, just take a moment if there are some specific prayers, even though the things that you've been asking for, 
that the Holy Spirit is putting on your mind right now and just talk to him a little, take a moment just to talk to him about that. Lord, and just, you know, you can say, Lord, I'm disappointed. I've been praying for my family and nothing's happened. I've been praying for financial breakthrough and nothing's shifted. Lord, I've been praying for personal breakthrough and nothing. Whatever it might be, just pray and ask the Lord. Just talk to the Lord about that disappointment. And when you've talked to him and you've got in touch with the reality of that pain, because sometimes unanswered prayer can be painful, let's just invite him into that, into that moment. Lord, we invite you into our disappointment. Lord, we invite you into our pain. Lord, in every place where we feel like you haven't been trustworthy because you haven't done what you asked, we asked you to do, And everywhere that's been contending with our faith, Lord, we confess it now. And we ask that you would come and you would heal that disappointment in Jesus' name. Just invite him into that disappointment. Let him give you his perspective. And Lord, I ask that you would bring hope. That you would birth hope, Lord. You would fill us in hope, Lord. That we would have the same hope and faith that Abraham had. That he was in hope against all hope he believed. In hope in God against the hope of his circumstances he believed. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would bring faith and hope and let it arise right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. prayers, things that are not yet resolved, things that for some reason those prayers that we've been praying, Lord, that that there are some blockages that are stopping those things from being fulfilled. Lord, we ask that you'd shift them out of the way now. We command every mountain to move, every mountain to move now in Jesus' name. We command all blockages to shift out of the way. We ask for the fulfillment of every prayer, every hope and every promise. Now then, let's just take a moment, just in your own heart. What are the wild imaginations that you have in your heart? What are the wild dreams that you've got, that you've got, that God has put in your heart? What's the beyond, beyond measure? What's the best thing that you can ask for, for him, from him? Now just take a moment and ask for it. Take a moment and just ask again. Speak it out. Lord, we are asking you for our wildest dreams, for the things that we can think, the things that we can ask. And then, Lord, we ask that you would take us beyond, 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 beyond. Kingdom of God, come. Keep, just keep asking. As if maybe that's for yourself as an individual. What do you want God to do for you individually? What do you want God to do for your family?
want to just encourage you, keep asking. Jesus' measure of faith is our persistence in asking. Keep asking and don't hold back. Keep asking and believing. And don't hold back. Be persistent. Press in. Don't become weary. Lord, I ask that you lift off all weariness from us, Lord. That we wouldn't be a people that are weary of praying and asking not weary of doing good, Lord. I ask you to lift off all weariness upon, off, off us right now in Jesus' name. All that weariness, go. Leave. The Lord rebuke you. All weariness, go. And then I just wanted to spend some time together. Let's just pray and ask God for more than we could ask for or imagine in the Triangle region in North Carolina and in the the United States of America. God knows we need it. We need more of God to break in. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the glory of God. We need the love of God to overwhelm us and to just break out into the cities that we're in. So let's just lift up our voices all together. Lord, we just... we We... bring to you the Triangle region, Durham, Raleigh, Chapel Hill, and all of the surrounding areas, Lord, all the cities around, Lord. We think of every business, every institution, every bit of every government, Lord, all all the schools and educations, Lord, all the businesses, Lord, the hospitals, Lord, we think of every household, Lord, we think of every family, Lord, and we ask that you would break in, Holy Spirit. We ask that you would come in power and in glory, Lord, that we ask that the Triangle region would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Every household filled Filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Every heart filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Lord, I ask that you would come in mighty signs, wonders, and miracles. Lord, we ask that you would pour out uh, just, uh, just healings upon us, Lord. Healings in the streets, healing in business, healing in the schools, healing in the universities, healing in the hospitals. Lord, we ask that you would pour out uh, healing grace and power upon us, Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask for more of the reign of God. Lord, we ask that you would capture every heart and turn us into raging fire, Lord. You would put raging, your raging fire within the church across the Triangle region. Lord, we ask God that every single church that believes you, Lord, and has passion for your name and preaches the gospel, Lord, would be out so caught up in the raging fire of the glory of God, Lord, that they would never be the same and that this city and this region would not be the same. Keep lifting up your voices. God, that you would pour out righteousness in the government. Lord, that we, we pray for our governor then we pray for all the state officials and we pray for all the state employees and all the, the county officials and county employees. Lord, and we ask God that you, that you would be righteousness and influence, that, that would, um, righteousness and um, justice would be the foundation of their government. Lord, that you would fulfill all your purposes and your plans through them. Lord, that they would be instruments in your hand, that you, they would be glory and goodness that would come from those places, from, those, from their their hands and their policies Lord we bless them to find you we bless them with your glory and your goodness in Jesus name Ah, thank you Lord yeah anything else nation let's just pray for the nation Lord we bless our president Lord we bless all of the government 
Congress. Lord, we bless the judicial system, Lord. We bless the White House, God. We bless this nation, Lord. We ask that you would bring healing and reconciliation. Lord, we ask that you would bring reconciliation between the races. We ask that you bring reconciliation between the sexes. We ask that you bring reconciliation between uh, political spheres. Lord, we ask that you bring reconciliation um, between the generations, Lord. Kingdom of God come in this nation, Lord, that this nation would be saved. Lord, that this nation would know you, that this nation would see an outpouring of God that would literally sweep millions and millions of people into the kingdom. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Increase our faith, Lord. Increase our ask. we should ask for surplus surplus more more over in abundance you know surplus you know when you get to the end of the year and you've got some left over that kind of surplus but in fact the surplus that you've got so much of that that you actually don't know what to do with it right surplus okay thank you surplus not so minus surplus just been knighted by the queen okay come on let's just stand and let's just ask for surplus for us as individuals for our families for for this church community surplus of finances surplus of relationships surplus of love surplus of the fire of god surplus of anointing more than we know what to do with generosity to the max. Come on, we ask for it, Lord. We ask for it. Lord, Holy Spirit, as we come into 2018, we ask that we would finish 2018 with a super overabundance from you, Lord. More than we can ask or imagine, Lord. Lord, I, I, I know that you're putting dreams. I just see like the Lord putting has put dreams and visions in different people's hearts. And for some of us, we, they, they just seem so big and so bold and so hairy that we're not quite sure how we're ever going to achieve them. Big, hairy goals. Scary and hairy. But I believe that God is saying, I just feel like there's faith that God's lifting up to say, okay, you can't, but I can. With you, things are impossible, but with me, all things are possible. And I feel like there's faith rising for, for individuals that they've, they've, you've got dreams in your heart and you're thinking, how on earth could I ever achieve those dreams? But I want you to know that God is faithful. And so I just speak faith into your hearts right now. Speak faith, even though, and eyes to see, even though right at the moment you might look at your account or you might look at your resources and you can say, that would never, I could never see how that would happen. I speak faith into your heart right now. Just receive it. If that's you, just take a moment, receive that faith. I receive that faith that God will do through me more than we can ask or imagine. You know, I just hear the Lord saying, it's time to get out your prophetic words again. It's time to get out the prophetic words and to look at those words that are saying, this is, this is beyond where I'm currently at. Dust off those prophetic words and start to make them a declaration. Start to turn them into declaration. No, I've been called to this. I've been called to plant churches. I've been called to birth ministries. I've been called to be whatever, it, you know, I've been called to be successful as an entrepreneur in business. I've been called to Hollywood. I, whatever it is, 
God's called you to, the prophetic destiny. It's time to get it out and to start to speak it. Let faith arise. It's like I see some of the words are a bit dusty and I see the Lord just going, blowing off the dust. And then saying, okay, son, daughter, ask to you for a reason I spoke that word over you not as something that was just a teaser to tantalize you but that you're never going to get it but I spoke that word over you and when I spoke that word over you I put within that word all the resources to achieve that word 